Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of Romance and Color. I am your host, Tati Richardson, and we're back with another episode of our Writing in Color series. This week, we are featuring Lucy Eden, an indie romance author who says she writes the kind of romance she loves to read that features soft alphas with gooey centers and very smart main characters and heroines. Lucy is a mom, a wife, and a really fun and outgoing person. Uh, And I had a pleasure speaking to her um, all the way in New York City. Uh, So you all sit back and listen to my conversation with Miss Lucy Eden, and I hope you learn a thing or two about indie publishing and not second-guessing yourself or your skills as a writer. Hi, everyone. We are here with Lucy Eden. Um, She is a writer of contemporary romance uh, from New York. Um, with two kids and she's married um and she for the most part Lucy you self-publish your work right yes I am self-published yes self-published and I love Lucy because I feel like I follow her forever and she has like this super strong social media presence like you're everywhere you're on Instagram you're on Twitter so I feel like I just like know you (laughs) like because you're like everywhere um, but um, I love what you said about writing the kind of romance that you want to read. Um, so is that so is that what led you into um, writing romance novels? And um, so just give us a little background about that. What what led you into writing romance novels? And um, when did you first kind of fall in love with the genre? Um, I think. Oh wow, that's a lot. Okay, so <laughs> I yeah. So I I've always been an avid reader. Um, since I was about four and I, I will read currently just any genre, anything that's interesting or well-written, I will read it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm constantly reading, um, a lot of audiobooks um, cause I'm, cause I'm busy kids mm-hmm. and write things like that. But, um, my, I first fell in love with romance when I was working as a, as a bartender in a restaurant in, um, Manhattan one of the waitresses had a Jude Devereaux book mm. and yeah, she lent it to me and I just could not put it down. <laughs> and since then, you know, romance has been, you know, in the rotation and that was, oh my gosh, 15, that was a really long time ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> you, don't have, you, don't have, you don't have to put a number on it. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, over 10 years. Um, and I think, you know, writing, writing the type of books that I want to read is kind of what gave me, um, I guess I would say the impetus or the courage to start and publish because I figured mm-hmm. if I like them, somebody else will like them. And even if nobody likes them, I have them. So right, right, <laughs> um, right. yeah, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of what gave me, um, the impetus to, to get started and also just doing a lot of research on self-publishing and, you know, just publishing the industry as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, just really doing your research, seeing what's out there, seeing what the methods are and seeing, you know, where you fit into that or where you mm-hmm. fit into that best. What, mm-hmm. you know, I need to 
what the best entry point for me was and that was self-publishing okay so had you like thought about hey i'm gonna go the traditional route and then was like what about traditional publishing just kind of like was not didn't fit the way you wanted to write or get your work out there well i thought i mean i definitely thought about traditional publishing just the at that time the process didn't appeal to me um i think mm -hmm. um, courtney milan said it best the difference between self-publishing and traditional publishing is whether and i'm paraphrasing badly but it's whether you want more work control so right, right. traditional is not worse than self-publishing and not better than self-publishing. There's, you know, they're just different, they're just different ways of working. So mm -hmm. it depends on what you handle. You know, some people love controlling, you know, every aspect of their book, the covers, the formatting, the you know, the advertising, just every, every little micromanaging, every little thing. And some people, you know, they just want to write the story and, you know, have, have a team of other people handle that. So for me, I really, you know, I, I'm, I'm a learner. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. one of my um, Clifton strengths. And I'm also very tactile. So in addition to just, you know, wanting to get my work published, the entire process, learning how it's done and, um, you know, do it is very appealing to me. So, yeah. you know, I, I loved that over the past, I think, oh, gosh, three years, over the past three years, I've learned how to design covers, what works for covers, what doesn't, um, how to source photos. I've, you know, I've beefed up my Photoshop and, you know, mm -hmm. Adobe Illustrator skills and you know mm. shooting and editing videos i've learned so much about social media and advertising mm. and formatting and editing and how to hire editors and how to mm. build a team you know i just you know i like learning the the process and learning all those things is really exciting to me and you know mm. not appeal to other people because it is a ton of work it's very hard yeah. work it's it's not easier you know, and I'm not saying traditional is easier because it's not, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, it's just different. It's all hard work. It's just a matter of which hard work appeals to you, which type of hard work appeals to you. Yeah, I was going to mention your covers. So I was like, oh, my God, Lucy has like the best covers, like particularly Thank the you. illustrated covers are so awesome and so appealing. And I was like to find out that you like actually design the covers. I'm like, really? Like, oh, my God. Because yeah. I absolutely love like all the covers of your books. So I was Thank like, you. oh my God, they're so cute. Like they really do make you want to like, what is this book about? It's so, it's so cute. It's so, um, you know, like interesting, which is how I ended up picking up um, Blind Date with the Book Boyfriend because I saw yeah. the cover and I was like, what is this about? I was like, Blind Date with a Book Boyfriend. And then, you know, the, the girl on the cover is like my complexion and stuff like that. So I was just like, oh, okay. So what is this, you know, what is this about? And I, I absolutely fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my God, I have to get more of her books. So um, definitely the covers of your books are what, you know, drew me to you before I knew anything about, you know, what you wrote. Yeah. I saw them all on like Instagram and stuff. And I was like, who's doing all these really cool covers? It's like women who look like me, like, you know what I'm saying? So I was just like so 
interested in that. So I was like, wow, to know that you really have your hand in the cover is that every aspect of what you're producing is like amazing to me. That is really, really admirable. So like, I like, like kudos to you. Cause I mean, I don't think I have, I mean, I can do a little bit on Canva, but I can't design a cover to save my life. I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can do that at all. So, yeah. Well, you never know when you practice, but yeah, I did, you know, I, I pretty much that, you know, that cover was just a concept that just popped in my head, fully formed. Mm -hmm. I have an amazing um, illustrator named Hell Honey. And I, I think I posted, I posted it on Twitter a while back but I basically sent her like a stick figure kind of drawing I was like I want this is exactly what I want on the cover I want them you know this height looking at each other I want this these books and she did you know the illustration of Mike and Jordan holding the book mm -hmm. um and you know I did the background I did the font I did you know the size you know just you know everything was very you know very deliberate and um yeah, it worked out really well. So I do, I do love, you know, just really having that control over projects mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it does make a difference. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, I know everything there is to know about the characters and the books and, you know, the people who, who read my books. And, you know, I think about what they would want to see on the cover. And when you look at the cover, how does it make you feel? Yeah. I want you to when you're reading the book yes. so yeah so it worked apparently yeah. <laughs> definitely worked for me I mean it definitely worked for me so I know you mentioned you have two kids and you're married and you're super super busy so are you writing full-time or trying to balance that with another career um, or working from home or, or how, how yeah. yeah I mean it's kind of hard. I, I think all my jobs are full-time, are full-time jobs just because um, I'm, I'm doing better at, at scheduling things. But yeah, mm -hmm. I would say I'm a writer. I would say I'm a writer full-time. I also um, manage investment properties and mm -hmm. I also mother. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would say everything is, it's full-time or part-time depending on, on your outlook. But as far as writing, I'm always, you know, when you're, when you're self-published, you're, you know, you're kind of your own business. You're always thinking about, you know, writing. Like if I'm not, mm -hmm. if I'm not specifically writing, I'm thinking about stories or I'm thinking about marketing or social media or, you know, managing ads or, mm -hmm. you know, organizing the finances like there's just always something to do so mm -hmm. yeah, I am, I'm getting a lot better the if anything the pandemic has helped me um get better at finding a work-life balance and and uh scheduling more things so that's good but yeah I'm I would say I'm full-time yeah. to answer your question and, and I know with and you mentioned the pandemic like how has the pandemic kind of shaped um how you're writing, what you're putting out, like um, advertising on social media and stuff like that. Are you like, I know a lot of authors now are like, you know, before I haven't seen as many authors do as many Instagram lives, you know, ever in my life. Um, yeah. Since this pandemic, you know, it, it was very much more tactile going to a bookstore, having a book signing and stuff like that. So how has the pandemic kind of shaped how you reach your, your audience, I guess? Um, for me, it hasn't really changed that much because I wasn't mm -hmm. doing a ton 
a ton of signings. I was actually going to, I was invited to do a book signing in Australia, which obviously I couldn't do. Oh, wow. Other, yeah, I was excited. But, you know, <laughs> Australia is still there and so are we. So, you know, eventually. Mm-hmm. But um, it will, yeah, it hasn't really changed um, that much. I think as far as, you know, reaching my audience, I've just kind of been doing the same thing, just writing and putting things out that people want to read. And I think that's the best, the best thing that a lot of authors have done um, during the pandemic, because we're all, mm-hmm. we're all home and we're all looking for a way to escape. Mm-hmm. We're all looking for something to read. So I think that was like the, you know, the best thing I could do business-wise. And I also, you know, um, did a lot of, um, social media revamping. I, mm-hmm. you know, took a ton of classes and learned, you know, new ways to reach out to people. So yeah, I don't think it's really changed that much. I, I think my brand is always evolving because I'm always, you know, trying to connect to people and seeing what they want and that changes constantly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can't even drastic. Yeah. Yeah. So reaching out to like through your writing, like I will say when I, I read, um, I was a bear to me, I think. Is that oh, bear with me. Bear with me. I'm so bad at remembering And I read that after um, Fly Date with a Boo Boyfriend. I was like, how does she write these women who are so funny and witty and just like, I don't know, smart? Um, so like where do you draw like your inspiration from for your characters um, particularly for like you know bringing in like different sort of you know aspects of, of, of women of color that are like interesting and fun and nuanced how do you do that well I love that you said that the characters were funny and witty because pretty much all of my um, female MCs have some aspect of my personality because I am very, I am very sarcastic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I try, I just try to make my characters as real as possible and as reactionary as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, they're basically just, in my mind, they're just regular people who are mm-hmm. reacting to whatever situation I throw at them in the book. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I hopefully I don't, I don't feel like I struggle, but my goal is to make them as relatable as possible so that you really, you really care about them and you care about what happens to them. And I think humor is a great way to do that. Um, especially when things aren't going so well, right, you know, right. you know, humor just kind of softens the blow when life gets crazy you know mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. Uh, yeah and people when you're talking about love stories I mean you know when most people talk about the person that they're in love with one of the things is they make me laugh that's really important to have somebody in your life that makes you happy and makes you smile and that you have fun with mm-hmm. so you know any whatever else my characters have going on that cause them to fall in love with each other, they're always going to make each other laugh. Yeah. Because I feel like that's one of the most important things to have. 
especially yeah. if they're angst. Yeah. You gotta balance <laughs> it out. Angst is the best. <laughs> so, every, every angst thing in it, uh, is the best. I, I enjoy angst. <laughs> I enjoy I know. angst. Angst. I know it's necessary, but no, I need like I've written angst, and you know, my angst is is good allegedly. But yeah, I do love to balance it out with humor. <laughs> yeah, yes. So I know you primarily write. Well, you've you've written a lot of interracial romances, mm -hmm. and I know oftentimes there's a fine line with writing interracial romances that often operate in, in tropes and stereotypes how do you mm -hmm. avoid that and making it smart and funny and relatable without you know either pandering or 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 doing you know working in stereotypes or tropes that can be yeah yeah i think the i think just to kind of reiterate what i said before is just to make them very realistic mm -hmm. and not delve into turning my characters into stereotypes or caricatures because mm -hmm. then they just mm -hmm. don't feel real mm -hmm. they feel like characters in a book and mm -hmm. um yeah i mean that's that's kind of it like i don't really think it's that difficult to to not you know stare not over over stereotype characters mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, just write them as people. Write them as people. people. That you, yeah, just regular people, <laughs> right? People that you with, yeah. Right, grocery store, like, yeah. There's no, yeah, and and you know, you just and just write them as realistic as possible. Write them, you know, influenced by their job, you know, their jobs or their environments or their families. You know, that's that's what makes. A character and makes them unique said, yeah i know you say write people as realistic as possible but listen when i was reading a blind date with a book boyfriend i was like am i really gonna do all this with somebody in like eight hours <laughs> when i meet them uh i was like am i really gonna meet a guy who's read all these romance novels i'm like i don't know about that <laughs> But uh, but I was like so drawn to it because I was like, you know, it's possible, you know, just because I haven't met that person doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. But Jordan, yeah. And even Jordan was questioning herself the whole time. Like, this is not a good mm -hmm. idea, but I'm doing mm -hmm. it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm, so. not, and I'm not going to give the book away to, to those who haven't read it, but, you know, the little kind of complex where you know the real complication arises i was like oh wow yeah that's that's a that's a sticky situation <laughs> that's a that's beyond a <laughs> sticky situation i wouldn't know what i would do with myself if that happened to me but um yeah it's crazy but i i, I mean i can go on about the book but i absolutely loved it um but um what i know writing Particularly, it can be like super solitary sometimes. So, do you lead on like a, a writing community or have a group of writers that you know you bounce ideas off of, or um, you know have CPs or critique partnerships with, or 
anything like that, you know, just to like get the ideas flowing, juices flowing, particularly when you're like stuck, you know, somewhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely have a group of writer friends. Um, you know, I have like a, I don't know how to explain, I guess it'd be kind of, kind of like the rings of Saturn, you know, I have like <laughs> a very, I have a very tight group of, of writing friends and then the rings get bigger and bigger and bigger. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's always, you know, there are always people that I can bounce ideas off of. There are always people that I can text and say, hey, you want to hop in a Zoom and do some writing sprints? Or, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll just write alone. Um, or, you know, I have, you know, author friends that we brainstorm with each other and give each other ideas. Um, and we share, you know, crap, like, you know, craft classes. Like there's, I have one writing friend who's brilliant and we always sign up for writing classes together and we take writing classes together and exchange notes. So, you know, there's just, you know, there's just these, you know, I do always um, get my, um, I guess, social needs as far as writing goes. I do always get my social needs met and it is, mm -hmm. it is helpful to have a community of other writers. And, you know, for the most part, everyone's really really supportive so it's it's good writer is friends that, are good to have just having that community like particularly when you have like a writer's block or like you're like in the weeds like you know you just like don't know where to go or where to start um does having that community kind of help you break through that or or what are kind of the steps that you take to kind of break through like to get a breakthrough when you're writing and you're kind of frustrated and don't know where to go where to turn I do have one particular friend who's brilliant at brainstorming um mm -hmm. but usually I don't I don't really have a lot of issues with writer's block um yeah it's it's more or less like with writer's block it's it like the, it's ambiguous but if I'm not writing I know why right. <laughs> you know it's either you know usually it's just I have to do it mm -hmm. that's but um, yeah, I do have I do have friends that help me um, brainstorm. But yeah, I usually don't have those kinds of issues. But yeah, there's you know it's it's fun to brainstorm and bounce ideas off of each other. I mean, most authors, um, certainly the ones I know, our issue isn't um, lack of ideas. <laughs> we always have you know more ideas than we can write in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So right, <laughs> right, getting it, getting it done. Right. Yeah. Right. And finding yeah. time to write. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So where, how can I put this? I, I know before, before we were interested in writing, you said like 15 years ago when you were kind of inspired to um, get into romance and start writing. And you have a, I mean, oh, you have a ton of books under your belt. I'm sorry, what? No, repeat that again. I said, I know you have like a ton of books under your belt now and you were inspired years ago to write. Um, but how did, did you have, in order to kind of like get into the genre and just start writing, did you have like mentorships in the writing community or, you know, do you have somebody that's like you look up to um, as far as writing and what you want to do with your own career? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, 
Yeah. So when I got started, I just kind of jumped in with both feet, mm-hmm. which is how I do most things. I didn't really know what I was doing. I kind of like to jump in and learn as I go. And mm-hmm. that's actually served me well. Um, it usually serves me well. But um, no, I don't officially have any mentors, but of course I have so many authors that I that I look up to and draw inspiration from and even learn from. Um, a lot of authors, especially romance authors, you can, you know, as long as you're respectful, you can just <laughs> hop in DMs and say, hey, I had a very specific question about, you know, something that I couldn't find using Google. Um, you know, could you, you know, could you help me? And, you know, that's, you know, actually served me well. A lot of authors that you admire teach, well, you know, they teach classes or they'll have, you know, seminars or lives just, you know, if you, or you can just flat out ask somebody to mentor you and see Mm -hmm. what they say. They're either going to say yes or no. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, right. But yeah, I do have, I do have mentors that don't know they're my mentors, but they are. So, <laughs> I feel yeah. like that too, yeah. Yeah, and there's always, and, and there are always um, people who are willing to share their knowledge and what they've learned, because especially with a, a lot of self-published authors, because you spent so much time figuring it out on your own if you can make that path shorter for someone else, it, it, it's a good feeling. Yeah. So, you know, whether that, you know, they're selling it through a class or, you know, they're doing an Instagram live where they're saying, Hey, I'm going to talk about, you know, producing your own audiobook. Here's what worked for me. You know, there's just always ways to learn. Yeah. 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 And I feel like, the ro- I mean, I'm, I'm still a baby. I'm still starting out in this thing. But I feel like the romance community is one of the few genres where you can reach out to people and it's not like weird. Um, before I um, wrote science fiction and, you know, I was hard pressed to like hit up some big time science fiction writer and, and you know, inquire about their process or anything like that because it, it was so you know I felt so so like beneath not I don't want to say beneath but I just felt like oh my god I'm not in a position where I I need to I can reach out to them and they would answer me back but in romance it's like totally different everybody's like for the most part so welcoming and, and, and inviting and want you to learn and want you to succeed um yeah and so you know that I feel like that's the, the main difference between romance and some of the other quote-unquote mainstream genres yeah yeah Yeah. we're all about love baby (laughs) yeah yeah how can you be about love and be be closed off that's not good um so what are what do you think are some common mistakes or traps that like aspiring romance writers make um i think hmm Man, so many. Uh, um, I think a lot of people get um, the, hmm, that's a tough one. I would say, like, there are a lot of scams. Mm. So just be careful um, before you part with your money because there are, you know, there are a lot of ways 
um, to separate um, new authors who don't fully understand the process from their money. Mm. Um, so I would say watch out for that. And you know, everything these days, you're able to Google or ask questions. Tons of you know Facebook groups and forums where you can say, "Hey, this company named X, Y, and Z contacted me about publishing my book. Has anyone ever heard of them?" Right, right and right. we'll get answers. Um, there's, oh, gosh, um, yeah, that's really it. I think just doing just patience and doing your research. That's the only. That's the only advice. I would give there's no like there's no shortcuts there's no magic you know that's it and just you know be be authentic be true to your to your voice and the type of stories you want to tell you know like there's you know there's a big difference between writing to market and just writing something, anything that you think will be popular and sell because, you know, your readers can always, you know, readers can always tell the difference. Right. So, right. yeah, I think that's, I think that's, you know, that's it. Watch out for scams. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> you, you brought up something about writing, being true to yourself and writing and then writing for the market. And I think that's yeah. where, when people are like myself, who we are out here trying to perhaps query and go the, the traditional route it gets frustrating because people are like well we already have this we already have that you know what I mean or we're looking for this or we're looking for that or we're looking for the next yeah. you know uh Black Panther or we're looking for the next you know Children of Blood and Bone or whatever the, the whatever the story is um so right. it makes it it makes it makes writers frustrated because particularly with people writers of color the 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 tunnel vision is out there like they're short-sighted um as to what we can do and what we can produce um mm -hmm. so it just gets frustrating i know for me it, it's been particularly frustrating because you know they're like you know someone says i just can't connect to this story and i'm like why you know you know th this has themes in it that everybody can connect to um so yeah. it, gets, it gets it gets hard it gets rough out there <laughs> in these streets <laughs> in these public streets. The, the struggle uh, is real it is so real it is it is so real and you're right like falling for the traps are so particularly when you get to a level of frustration it makes yeah. falling for those traps and those scams so easy because you're just like i just want to get my work out there i don't care how i do yeah. it i just want to get my work yeah. out there and you're oh my god you're so right like i think you're the first writer who said don't fall for scam on here, but it's it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's, so, it's so true. So when you're writing, like, I know it seems like, because you, you're, I feel like every time I see you on social media, you have something new that's coming out. <laughs> so like, mm -hmm. you feel like, do you feel like it's easy to kind of produce because you're self-publishing? It's easy to kind of get the work out there like faster. Um than you normally would and like because you know your audience your audience is so in tune with you you know what they want to read next like you know I, like I really oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah yeah <laughs> they tell me what they want to read next yeah yeah so um abs absolutely I think um 
you know, with self-publishing, I mean, yes and no, because with self-publishing, you are, you are in charge. So Mm -hmm. the books will come as fast as you want them or as slow as you want them. So, you know, you, you really have to, that's another thing that's difficult about it is you don't have an, an outside person telling you, okay, this is your deadline. So you have to finish by then that person is you mm-hmm. and you can change the deadline. You can, you know, you can, you know, you, it, it's, it's, sometimes it's, it's great to have so much control, but sometimes it's too much control. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm always writing. I'm always working on something. I feel like I haven't released anything in a while, although I know that's not true. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it, I feel like it's been a while because I released Everything's Better with Lisa last, oh my gosh, 2019 was my last full-length novel, mm-hmm. but I've released you know, a bunch of novellas and I've been in a bunch of anthologies since then, but like, I haven't released a novel and it feels like it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, and because, um, I can, when I'm in the zone, I can write pretty quickly. I can write and produce things quickly, especially, you know, cause I know I can get them edited, proofread. I, you know, I do my own formatting. I do my own cover design. Um, I do my own advertising, like I can plan my own, you know, my own release strategies and, you know, decide which PR companies I want to work with for which book, which one suit, which book better and just get it, just get it out there without having to rely on, you know, anyone else's schedule. So it does, you know, that is helpful um, to have that control. And out of all the books that you've written, which one was the most difficult, like to write for you or or had the hardest things for you to write hmm that would be a toss-up between um well actually yeah that's tough I would say everything's better with Lisa because I was really I was kind of afraid of the story um Mm. just you know dealing with the characters were dealing with some really serious issues. And of course I had to make it funny. So that's always a challenge. And, right. you know, it just, it just felt like a really big undertaking and, you know, it just took me a while, a while to get it done. And not because, you know, writing it was a slow process. I, I just did a lot of scrolling. Like I actually, I, I meant to write everything's better with Lisa right after I finished everything's better with Kimberly. And I procrastinated by writing Cherishing the Goddess. Mm. And then, you know, once that book was released, I was like, okay, I guess I better finish this other book. Um, So, (laughs) yeah. So once I, you know, once I didn't have any, you know, I ran out of excuses. I just kind of finished it very quickly. But yeah, it was, it was tough. And there was also a lot of research involved, Mm. um, a lot of readers and sensitivity readers just to make sure that the story you know connected and was as honest as I could make it mm-hmm. so yeah I a lot of a lot of work into that book um mm-hmm. there were also some scenes in Cherishing the Goddess that were really hard to write because I like I said earlier I don't like angst I don't <laughs> like torturing characters like some other authors do and making them sad but sometimes you you have to um yeah. so there scenes in that book that were tough to write 
But um, yeah, so I guess maybe Kim, um, Lisa was the hardest one so far. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned sensitivity readers and I talked about this with another author, but can you elaborate on how important sensitivity readers are, particularly now in this time we're in, this kind of weird time we're in right now where, you know, council culture is, is, is upon us and uh, a lot of people are very um, aware or hyper aware of, you know, perceptions as it comes, as it relates to media and books and all of that. So can you kind of elaborate on how important sensitivity readers are to you? I think sensitivity readers are important um, because when you mention things like cancel culture and you look at people who are getting canceled, people who are getting canceled are people who deserve to get canceled and they cry cancel culture when they're called out on their bad behavior. Mm -hmm. If you are going to write, um, if you are going to write characters that aren't in your personal experience or that you don't understand very well culturally, right? And you don't do your homework. You don't. Um, you don't seek help from that community. You really run the risk of causing actual harm. Mm -hmm. And for somebody like me who writes romantic comedies who wants people to read my books and be happy and laugh and have fun, you know, it's very important to me to make sure that um, the characters are everyone, all the characters are well represented. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, my goal is to make my characters as realistic as possible mm -hmm. and avoid, you know, caricatures and stereotypes. Mm -hmm. um, I also like to make my books as, diverse as possible mm -hmm. and um in a way that represents the world that we live in because we live in a very diverse world mm -hmm. so you know to ignore you know the fact that other people of other cultures and genders and abilities exist would be disingenuous you know if i'm right. writing a book about if I'm writing a book about that's based in New York city and, you know, there's only one type of ethnicity ability or, you know, any one cultural group, unless, you know, unless the entire book takes place in four square blocks, that's going to be disingenuous. There has to be, you know, more. So um, if you're going to do that, then you should, you know, you do, you do your homework and you also assume the risk, like you, even if you do everything that you're supposed to, even if you do yeah. all the research in the world and hire all the sensitivity readers in the world, you can still make a mistake and own that. You yeah. know, you're taking that risk, so just so own that. You know, um, mm -hmm. I do. I think I think um, cultural sensitivity is important, just mm -hmm. in general, especially in my books, because you know my readers when they pick up one of my books they know their rom-coms and they're you know they're trusting me to mm -hmm. not intentionally hurt them you know do you, yeah. know, do you know what i'm saying oh, yeah. so yeah yeah so i do i do think it's important I, you know cancel culture it seems like it's out of control but when all the years that we didn't when no one got canceled and they absolutely should have been 
exactly exactly yeah it kind of feels like everybody's getting canceled but it's no you're just being held accountable that's what it is yes (laughs) that's what is happening so yeah yeah exactly i totally i totally agree with you yeah because there are things that i remember like going back and looking at like old romance novels that i had um, and I, like maybe from the oh, 90s yeah. and I'm like oh my god this stuff would not cut the mustard like right now you know? uh, I went back to read a room and I remember this with such fondness and then I opened one of them and I was like oh she's been yeah. kidnapped yes <laughs> and she's rolled up naked in a rug and given oh. to the hero in the beginning of the book and I was like okay I guess I yeah. didn't yeah that's not yeah for all me, right yeah yeah for me I, I loved like westerns so I always loved like cowboys I have I do have a thing for cowboys and so mm. I, I always loved cowboys and cowboy romances but every time like the cowboy like kidnapped some Native American woman and I was like, oh, you know what? Uh, uh-uh. why did I read this? You know, and then again, I was twelve, yeah. but still, like, why was I, <laughs> why was I reading this? You know, it it, it makes no sense. So yeah, right. yeah. So so Lucy, yeah, all these books that you read, what were you saying? I'm sorry, I think you got cut off. Oh no, you go ahead. Oh, um, I was gonna say so. All these books you've written and self-published and done the covers and the editing and everything and you have has have this loyal readership like what does literary success look like to you hmm literary success oh, at me yeah. it, it looks like um making a profit with my books that's always mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. um yeah i mean that's really it. I'm not like big into, you know, awards or lists or things like that. I really love, you know, just seeing like an Instagram post where somebody, you know, is like, I read this book by Lucy Eden and it, it like cheered me up or it made my day. Like that is, I love that. So yeah, I mean, self-publishing is an investment. It's an investment of money and time. And a lot of knowledge. So definitely, you know, you know, earning a profit from that is, is great. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just, just being able to support myself with my writing and really move towards the type of financial freedom that I want, that would be successful for me. Just be able to write whatever I want, whenever I want, being able to take my kids on vacation whenever I want and, you know, worry less about money I mean that would that would define success for me that would be awesome for for me too <laughs> every day I do my job <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and just so, you know, knowing that people are out there reading and loving my books that's good yeah yes well I love your books so you have you have a family so I'm gonna go back and and pick up all the other ones and I was like okay I've only read two but I think I need to read the rest <laughs> I definitely oh, yeah. so yeah so okay Lucy we come to the end of the interview and so this oh, is where I do, like, 
I know this is where I do like the rapid fire questions like James okay. mentioned on the um, actor studio. So um, <laughs> your favorite book as a kid? Alice in Wonderland. Awesome. I love it. Or the color purple. Oh, man. My is a kid? It's yeah. a lot. Alice, let's see, there's Alice in Wonderland, um, The Color Purple, mm. They Say the People Can Fly. Oh, I um, love that one. Oh my God, so good. The Babysitter's Club, all of them. Oh, of course. <laughs> Especially the specials. Do you remember the super specials, the really thick ones? Yes, those are the best. Okay, yes. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I pretty much read anything I could get my hands on. Um, when I was, I was little, but yeah, I would, those are the ones that popped into my head. You like I also read the encyclopedia when I was a kid because it was weird. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. So do you like writing heroes or villains? I, um, or do you I like feel like... Yeah, I even the people who are quote unquote bad, they're not really, I don't think anyone's a villain. I think even the most evil person really deep down in their heart feels like they're doing the right thing for the right reasons, even if they're not. So right. in my books, even though they're, you know, they're people who make things difficult, I, I don't really think anybody's, in my books at least, a villain. So, yeah. I, so, so. Yeah, to kind of expand on that, I guess I would say I kind of like writing, I like the challenge of turning villains into people that you can kind of sympathize with. Like it, mm. you read Barry, yeah, and Shelley was kind of the villain in um, Resolutions. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I've gotten that, that, um, that review, you know, that, that observation in reviews where, you know, people were like, well, I did not like Shelly at all in Resolutions. But then when I read Bear With Me, she's my favorite. So I was like, oh, yes, good. <laughs> she's not a bad person. She's yeah. just, you know, that that person in Resolutions was not her person. Her person was in another book. Mm. And, you know, there's, you know, a character in Cherishing the Goddess who does something very terrible, but manages to redeem himself. And he appears in Everything's Better with Kimberly um, with, you know, his wife. And people love that character, even though he did something really awful in another book. So, you know, I just, you know, just, people are just people who, like, do awful things and make mistakes. And sometimes they get redeemed and sometimes they don't. Just life. <laughs> That made me think of something when you're talking about different characters in different books. How in the and I didn't ask you this in the in the actual interview portion, but how in the world do you keep up with the quote unquote world that you like build for your characters? This kind of interconnected world of characters and situations. How do you like keep up with all of that? Because I don't think I don't know if I I'm trying to do that, but I don't know if I'm good at it. <laughs> I would say. I don't know. Honestly, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I know my characters and my story so well that a lot of the times when characters show up in other books, it's just, they just pop in there. 
you know, mm -hmm. like I'm writing a book now and a character from Everything's Better with Kimberly has like, she just showed up because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, oh, you know, this person, this would be a perfect place for that person. Like if this universe was real, they would, this would happen. So yeah, I just, yeah, I just know the stories and I know the characters so well that I know like where everyone can kind of hop in. The bigger my universe gets, because all of the, all of my Lucy Eden books, they're all in my mind, they all take place in the same universe, even if, you know, some of the universe is paranormal and some of it is not paranormal. Mm -hmm. They're all in the same, they're all walking around in the same place. So <laughs> I guess as the universe is bigger, I might, you know, have to have a story Bible made. But other than that, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're just all running around in my head. Wow. We're all in there. Wow, that, yeah, that is, that is, that is a skill I just do not possess. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so love scenes or dramatic arguments, which ones are better to write? Um, love scenes are definitely easier for me to write. Um, arguments are fun because they're a challenge because mm. you know that the characters have to end up together. So whatever they say in the argument, it has to be something that's that they can redeemed from but it also has to be terrible because they are fighting so right. and I also like yeah and I also like to infuse humor in my arguments when I can because sometimes arguments are funny because you're just angry and saying things and you know sometimes they're they're usually dumb and yeah. um they're usually not like the like the most you know intelligent and well thought out discourse but yeah so <laughs> I think they both have their they both have their perks, but I do. If I had a choice, I would definitely write love scenes all day. Okay, all day, all day. Oh, the best book to movie you've seen adaptation you've seen. Yeah, I thought about this one. The book is always better. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times when a movie's coming out that looks interesting and it's like based on the book, and I'm like, all right, let me go find this book. <laughs> let me go find this book and read it. Yeah. But that's, yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, favorite place to write? My favorite place to write? Um, bed, but I do have like several writing areas. Like I have a desk like I have a treadmill with a desk on it mm -hmm. um I have um a book that's in my laundry room so I can if I have to be near my kids um I just got a brand new desk that I'm very excited about I'm sitting at it right now I'm gonna have to post some pictures on Instagram once I finish um redoing my office but yeah I will basically write anywhere that there's like space and time like last week I think I wrote 3,000 words just you know in, in the car driving my kids back and forth to swimming my husband was driving I wasn't driving <laughs> but just you know I just right I just opened my laptop and in the yeah. seat and just wrote so yeah as long as I have space and time I've written on airplanes you know I've written on my phone I've written on my iPad I've dictated you know just anywhere Mm -hmm. anywhere I am and there's opportunity 
because, you know, like most of us, there's, we just have more ideas than we have time to get them down. Yeah. They're just, you know, we're swirling in our heads that are trying to get out all the time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think strangely enough for me, the best place that I write is the toilet. <laughs> so, like I take my cell phone in there and I like write notes and like Scrivener and then go back and, and, you know, put it into the main manuscript, but it's always the toilet. That's, that's the one place I know my kid will leave me alone. So <laughs> that's the, oh, that's the best. My kids first in, like, what are you doing in here? What am I always, there's like only three things I could do in here. Right, right. And you have, you have two eyes. You tell me what I'm Yeah. Yeah. So I think you yeah. got to answer this one, but um, you read, you read, you definitely read book reviews. Oh, of my books? Yeah. All of them. Every single one. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly. I love it. Really? I know it's strange supposed to oh yeah if you know I I don't want to hmm and I'm like how I I feel like I'm able to separate you know emotionally mm -hmm. whatever you know critique somebody has because it's their you know everyone is well within their right to think whatever they want to think about your book like they paid their $4.99, you know, or, you know, they paid their $4.99. They spent their five hours reading it. They have an opinion. There are portals that are made specifically for those people to express their opinions. And they do, you know, you may not always like it. You may not always agree. Um, but I find that it, um, one, it helps me as a writer. Certain reviews do. Some some reviews are just not helpful at all. They're just right. terrible and what's wrong with you. But you know, it's again, it's just, you know, you're you're in you're within your right to have your opinion. And it's important to know what people think about your writing because you're not, you know, you're writing it for yourself and you're writing the kind of books that you want to read that you like but you're also selling it for money. So, right, you know, right, it's important right. to know what the people with those money, with, th with that money think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like if you're I getting reviews that say, I like the story, but the editing was terrible. That's, that's very useful for you as an author. Yeah, that, that is, it is, it is. Yeah, like or it. like, maybe, you know, maybe, yeah. Maybe I'll change my mind when it when it's my time and we'll read reviews. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody has their own, you know, their own, you know, ministry when it comes to how they interact with reviews. I mean, I definitely never ever agree with interacting with bad reviews. Like I just, you know, everyone's got their right to an opinion. And if you don't agree with it, mm -hmm. just leave it alone. Um, but yeah, I mean, some people never read their reviews. Some people read them all. Some people will only read the good ones. Some people only read the bad ones. You know, it's just, it's, it's about what you can, what you can handle and all about like what makes you feel good as an author. Like if you don't yeah. want to interact with your reviews, you don't have to. Right, 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 right. But I like, I love it. 
Like it's <laughs> I enjoy. <laughs> so I what's the last? Know what's <laughs> so what's the last romance novel that you've read? That's I am like. halfway through. Um, I always want to call it, I think it's, it's wild rain. I always want to call it wild spring because the character's name is spring, but it's Beverly, yeah, Beverly Jenkins, Jenkins latest. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, that was so good. Yes. I'm percent <laughs> so But yeah. yeah, I can look, let me look at my library. I'll tell you what I've read lately. <laughs> Let's see. Ooh, this book is ready to borrow. Hold on. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Um did it tell you? I thought it told you which books you put back. Okay. If this takes too long, clearly. Let's see. Oh no, it's cool. Yeah, see, I read a lot of non-romance too. So there's just, <laughs> there's just like a ton of different books here. But I, yep, that's another Beverly Jenkins book. What one, which one was that? Night Song. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, Night that's Song a classic. Is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a classic. I like that um, one. A couple of Penny Reed books. Yeah, I haven't read a romance in a while besides the Penny Reed book, the Penny Reed books and the Beverly Jenkins books. But I've read like, you know, Elizabeth Acevedo and Pachinko was good, Rib King. Um, yeah, just, a, yeah, my, my reading, I read all over the place. Oh, that's good though. <laughs> but yeah. Do you listen to music when you write, or mostly is, is not... through uh, Wild Rain? Mm. It was great. Yeah. So, do you um do you have any books? Are there any books that you read that you wish you would have written? Actually, no. I mean, there are definitely <laughs> authors who there are definitely authors whose writing style. I just absolutely love, but I am a reader first. So I love just really great, well-written books. And I love to be able to discover them, you know, like, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but no, I never feel like, you know, jealous, I guess would be the word or, and, or mm -hmm. any like, I'd written, like I've, I've never had that feeling. I've, I've read a book and have been like, oh my God, this writing is amazing. This writing is gorgeous. Like, this is so beautiful, but not like, I wish it was me. So, you know, <laughs> to answer your question, no, I've never had that. Or like even a specific book that I'd wish I'd written like now. Yeah, because it's just, yeah, every everything makes a book so unique. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. You just can't. I don't know. You just can't write the same exact thing someone else has written in the same right. way, because you're just right. so different as people and artists. So right. So no, so but I do love gorgeous writing. 
love it, love it, love it. So in the back of um, a blind date with a book boyfriend, you said that you normally have like playlists you make, like music playlists. Mm -hmm. But this time yeah. you gave us like a playlist, uh, well, a, a list of books that were mentioned in the in the um, novel. Um, so, do you do you find how helpful do you find music um, when you're writing? Extremely helpful. Um, I cannot, I cannot function in quiet <laughs> at all. So, yeah, I always have to listen to music just in general. I found this really great app called Brain FM and it just kind of gives you like background music to mm -hmm. focus or a different playlist for while you're writing. Um, other than that, I will, you know, I'll have a playlist of just, you know, a crazy mix of songs that I like, or sometimes when I'm writing, I'll just play one song over and over and over and over again for hours mm -hmm. just to mm -hmm. kind of, you know, any background noise while I'm writing so yeah music is extremely helpful mm -hmm. um and I definitely could have made a music playlist for blind date with a book boyfriend because there were some songs that were mentioned in the book there's yeah. and there always be music mentioned in the book um yeah I definitely need music mm -hmm. so if one of your books became a movie I I know we talked about books and movies. Who would you want to play the leads? And which book? Oh man. I mean, <laughs> I I have actually cast, I have Twitter feeds with fan casting. Let me see if I could find them because now I'm like, who? Um, <laughs> I did one for Goddess. I did one for Everything's Better with Kimberly. To see if I can find it really quick so I can remember the names. And I couldn't, I spent a very long time on it. So um, I did, I cast um, Cherishing the Goddess using only um, actors from the Marvel MCU. <laughs> okay, now it's taking forever. But I mean, okay, so I'm trying to think. Um, Well, for Kimberly and Cole's parents, I cast Idris Elba and um, Angela Bassett. Mm. Mm. Um, man, who else? My brain is completely blank now, but yeah, I do. Okay, so for and Cherish, I'm trying to think. In Cherishing the Goddess, this thing is taking forever now. Let me try it on my phone. In Charging the Goddess, it was the woman who played the shadow in Ant-Man and the Wasp. She was Callie. And then I believe Alex was Chris Evans. Mm. Um, Matt was Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I'm completely drawing a blank. You could honestly cast all the Chris's in your books. <laughs> all yeah. The <laughs> well, all the everything's Kimberly is actually partly inspired by Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. So, 
Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana could have been um, Adam and Kimberly. Mm, mm, mm. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, what's your favorite word to use in your writing? My favorite word? That you use over and over. I don't know. I do tend to say my heart clenched a lot, and I don't know why I say that. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. My heart clenched. It is, I guess. I mean, it's it's romancy. I don't know if that's a that's a word. It romance. <laughs> it's romancy. So I, I think it works. And okay, so, I found it. Okay. Okay. So. You're gonna have a lot of fun editing this episode. Okay, so oh. this is Charity Goddess. So for Calypso, Callie, I chose Hannah John Kamen, who played Ghost, um, mm. Alex Evans, Matthew Winnicki is Chris Hemsworth, Barnabas Sterling, who is Callie's father, is Michael Keaton, mm. Amelia Sterling, who is Callie's mother, is Garcelle Bouvet. Mm. Paul is Idris Elba, Nadine is Angela Bassett, Tiana is Yvette Nicole Brown, um, Maggie is Rachel um, House, who was in Thor Ragnarok. She played Topaz. Callie's grandfather is Tommy Lee Jones. Callie's grandmother is Lupita Nyongo. Mm. Um, Alexandra, their daughter is Zendaya. Aunt Jennifer is Tessa Thompson. Little Jennifer is Akira Akbar. And Alistair is Tom Holland. And I think that's wow, that it. A very, that's a very diverse and full cast. <laughs> I love it. It's I a very it. diverse and full book. So Yeah, 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 definitely. I have to pick that one. I have, I have not read it, but you, I'm going to pick it up tonight. I promise you. I promise you. So, um, well, I hope you like it. I, of course, I will. If I like the other two books, I know I'm gonna like this one. So, there's no doubt in my mind I'm, I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna like it. So, um, so finally, when it's all said and done, what do you want readers to say about the books that you wrote? That it made them happy, mm. that they enjoyed them. That's yeah, <laughs> that's, really, that's really it. I think when you, you know, and I, and I hope that people get, get things from them. You know, I try to put as much as I can into each book, but I think when you really, um, especially the fiction book, if your goal is to educate before you entertain, it kind of shows. So right. I hope you know, people are entertained by my books and, you know, if they learn something great or if they get something out of it or, or it makes them see something that they didn't see before. Great. But I want them to have fun first. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, Lucy, thank you so much for spending this hour with me. It's been so fun. And so where can thank people you. find you on social media? Oh, just wherever you're going at Lucy Eden author, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Lucy Eden author. 
You TikTok too? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I do. I do a little TikTok. I dabble. You dabble. I am okay. a little. No, nobody. No, for the record, nobody. Nobody in romance is the queen of TikTok like Alicia Rye. She's on. <laughs> she is on TikTok killing it. She is on there killing it. Yeah, we got We got to get to her level. <laughs> yeah, we got to get to her level. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for um, spending this hour with me. I appreciate it. Thanks for um, answering all of my millions of questions. But it's been super, super mm -hmm. insightful. And I wish you nothing but success and love and blessings on your career. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. And I hope to see you around the social media space wherever we are. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. I want to thank once again, author Lucy Eden for joining me on the podcast for our Writing in Color series. You can find Lucy everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, and everywhere you can think of social media wise as Lucy Eden author. Um, you can also go to her website, lucyeden.com to sign up for her really great monthly newsletter called Notes from Paradise. Um, I want to thank you once again, Lucy, uh, for coming on to the podcast. And join us next week, you guys, where we'll feature another uh, writer um, of color in our writing in color series and hopefully you guys will learn something else really really awesome follow us once again on social media at romance in color on instagram uh also follow us on twitter that's romance in the, the letter in color with a u and uh we'll see you guys next week talk to you later peace <laughs>